0: Anybody here that needs a touch, I'd like you just to come forward. If you need a touch, just come forward. Before I preach, I just... I'm going to read a verse. If you need a touch from God, come forward. I've got a couple of the ushers will come. as I was preparing this morning, just come right up here, Kathy. I believe in a God that's a healing God. I believe God's a God who heals. I believe God is a God who is stronger than any sickness or any disease that man can describe or doctors can diagnose. And I will do this every single Sunday, and I believe this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday as well. But I don't believe God wants his children to be sick. That's a good place for an amen. So I want to read a verse to you, and then we're going to exercise some faith. Anybody here up to exercising faith? We're going to exercise some faith this morning. I'm going to read to you one verse. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples, and this is in Matthew 10, verse 1. And he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every, say every, every, every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. So what kind of sickness did Jesus give power to his disciples over? Every. Were his disciples perfect? No. In fact, if you look at it, this is Matthew 10. This is not Matthew 28 after Jesus ascended, uh, died, and rose again. This is when he's picked his disciples, and they're a motley crew. This is when they're still fighting over who's going to be greatest in the kingdom. And he gave them authority. He gave you authority. Each one of you standing here, each one of you sitting here, God has given you authority over every sickness and every disease. And I just want to pray and release that over you this morning. Amen? Amen. And I'd like, if, if you would like, you can join me in that. You can stretch forth your hands. In fact, what I'd like to do is I want to invite anyone that would like to come and pray right now to lay your hands on people right now. Just come forward right away. If you want to come and lay your hands on anybody and pray for them, just come right now. We're going to exercise faith. Lucas, are you come for healing? Just step a little. Amen. This is a great opportunity for you and the congregation to grow in your faith. Luis, get up here. God has called you and said you're going to be someone that experiences healing. Then you better get up here and get soaked with it, brother. Anybody else here that wants to grow in your faith, you'll never grow in your faith if you don't exercise it. I'd like one person with everybody here. So if we could just pace ourselves one person per. Yeah, go ahead, Alvaro. Keep going down this way. Amen. Amen. Jesus said to his disciples, Are you a disciple? Are you a disciple? Amen. He said, I gave you authority over every sickness and every disease. So what I want you to do is just declare authority over whatever ailment is bothering that individual right now. So put your hands on them and just come into agreement with his word. Hallelujah. Just speak it. Amen. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father... Your word says that you gave the disciples authority over every sickness and every disease. Lord, there is nothing too great for you. And we come right now and we stand in agreement with that word and we release that over each individual here that is not well. And we declare that by his stripes they are healed. It is a completed work. Heavenly Father, we also speak to those that aren't with us today that are not feeling well. And I declare health, colds to be gone, flu to be gone, illness to leave, soreness to go, arthritis you must leave, cancer you are not the authority, Jesus is the authority. God Almighty, the King of kings and the Lord of lords is the authority. And we speak to those diseases and those sicknesses and command them to leave now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen, amen, Amen. thank you, God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to thank everyone that came up for prayer and I want to thank everyone that prayed. You will never experience a miracle if you don't exercise. And I believe the best place to learn that and to grow in that is in here. But it's not just designed for in this house, it's designed to go out beyond these walls. Hallelujah. Amen. I've grown up in church. I grew up in church. My parents took us to three different... I I grew up in... Actually, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and then my parents moved from Vancouver to Surrey, then we went to a charismatic church, and then when I got married, I, just before we got married, I came to Abbotsford and joined this fellowship. I've grown up in church. As a child, I remember, we we had wooden pews. Anybody ever remember pews? And it's like, man, the preaching better be good because otherwise the people get sore behinds. I mean, it's like, thank God for cushions. I think the pastors were the ones that came up with the idea of cushioned seats because <laughs> then I could preach longer. <laughs> but we had, we had pews. I come from a large family. My mom and dad would sit. They'd march us up to the second row and they'd have us boys on either side of my mom and dad or in front of us And I remember as a child literally going and playing on the ground underneath the pews during church. I grew up in church. I remember one time I actually was so sick I threw up in the church in the first row on the left-hand side when I was just a little boy, maybe seven or eight, nine years old. I grew up in church, but I want to tell you something, I am not satisfied, because what I read in the scriptures, I don't see happening enough. I see it happening. I believe everyone here this morning that stood up here to receive, received a miracle, healing. And my expectation is not one or two, but my expectation is every single person that comes to be healed will be healed. Because his word says it. And I want to I show you some verses this morning, but before I get into the sermon, I just want to, we need to have a desire and a passion that drives us to get more of God. I I used to coach soccer. I coached my daughter for a number of years. And she was maybe nine or ten years old. And we would have her practice. And it was every week on a Thursday night or on a Tuesday night. And I remember this for about a three- or four-week period, one week this little girl came and her mom dropped her off. The next week, her dad dropped her off. The next week, a third person dropped her off. And in the matter of three weeks, there were three different adults that dropped off this little nine- or ten-year-old girl. And as I watched that, that was the devastation of the enemy destroying a family. We need a demonstration of the power of God in our lives. We don't, we don't need a demonstration of some weakness. We need a demonstration of his power. Because we have all around us, we have children that are devastated. We have adults who are hurt. We have sickness that is rampant. And we as believers are the ones that have the answer. Thank you, Pastor Nelson. We are the ones who have the answer. And until you get sick and tired of something, you don't end up fixing something. Have you ever had a vehicle with something that's not right and you just live with it? I should introduce you to my pickup truck. But if you live with it and live with it and tolerate it and tolerate it, you know what? There is no excuse because you have accepted it and you have lived with it and now that starts to dominate and control you. It's time for us as believers to say, enough is enough. It is time for us to say, no, that is the territory that belongs to us. Healing is the children's bread. Yeah, I didn't know I was going to go there, Pastor Nelson. Good. But until you're sick and tired of something, it just persists. Until you are sick and tired of something, it just keeps happening. You've got to be, yes. sick you gotta be sick and tired of what doesn't work. Yeah, you've got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Have you ever had a moment where you've just said, enough? And it's amazing, those moments, whether it's literally in clarity of thought or whether it's just a noise, but sometimes you're sitting there and all, you hear all this noise and then finally you say, enough. Oh, Jack, I love you, man. He's going to be a little preacher. But we have to get to the point where we are saying, enough. No more. This will not dictate my life. This will not determine what happens tomorrow. The Word of God determines what happens now and tomorrow. I know children who don't know their moms and dads. I know people who have lived with sickness for years to the point where they've accepted it. And I understand we're human. I understand there's this crazy element called human, but I'm a citizen of heaven. That's where my citizenship reigns. And as a citizen of heaven... I call on the king of heaven and his word says on earth as it is in heaven. My expectation is, Lord, what's on earth should be lining up with what's in heaven. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what would happen if each one of us In the next month, just touched one person and saw them get a radical encounter with God. Because, I'm sorry, words, it's the power of God that will change people's lives. People that have been addicted to heroin, to cocaine, to pornography to drugs, to alcohol. Get an encounter with a living God that cleanses them, that heals them, that raises those things, that takes their thinking and corrects it and straightens it out. Can you imagine what it would be like if each one of us touched one person with a radical encounter with God? I'm not talking about something passive. I've seen passive, and I believe God moves in many different ways. But I am sick and tired of us as believers not experiencing the power of God. Is it okay that I say this this morning? Listen to this. Matthew 9. If you could turn to Matthew 9. This is just after he called Matthew to be his disciple. I want want you to see an expectation in somebody. In verse 18. Jesus is talking to to people, and he's telling his disciples of John, they asked him about fasting, and he spoke to them in verse 15, 16, and 17, and then it says, and while he was saying these things to them, a synagogue official came and bowed down before him and said, and listen to this, my daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. Now my understanding of the miracles of Jesus as to as of this point there had never been a dead person raised What is it that caused that synagogue official to expect life when it had never happened before And it, it he just says come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. Jesus got up and began to follow him, and so did his disciples. If you continue, and then it, he heals that girl. He raises her to life. When you walk in the power of God, and you walk in the miracles of God, and in his presence, and in his anointing, people will ask of you things That have never happened before. Where did this guy think that he could do that? I mean, I don't I don't think Jesus had business cards. Jesus of Nazareth. I healed the sick and I raise the dead. He was the business card. I saw a great comic of Peter who had printed up a bunch of business cards saying, Simon, the fisher of men. And then Jesus came and said, no longer will your name be Simon, it's Peter. And he goes, great, what do I do with all my business cards? What would you do if somebody came to you and said, would you pray for, would you heal My child. I've had somebody do that to me. They were so desperate. (laughs) So desperate. They had tried, they had tried, and they tried. And they came to me and my wife. And they said, would you pray for her? Would you minister to her? And we did. I haven't seen complete healing, but I'm expecting that. But when you walk in the power of God, when you walk in his anointing, there are things that happen that go beyond the natural plane. And I believe God's extremely practical. But I'm looking at children that have deficiencies that aren't a result of behavior. They aren't a result. It's just the enemy is trying to attack. It says in John that he's a thief, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But what does Jesus do? He says, I've come to give you life. Life. Each one of you has life. Each one of you has life inside of you, resident inside of you that is greater than what the thief does, the steal, the kill, and the destroy. And I see little children, and my heart goes out to them. And it's when you have that compassion. Jesus had the compassion, and it's the compassion that drove him and caused him to act, to respond, to move. Hmm. We, need, we need God. we need him. We can't do it ourselves. I need him all the time. I'm desperate for him. And my heart I don't want to see any of you sick. I don't. I expect you to be victorious. I expect you to be the happiest people in your neighborhood. I'm expecting you to be people that have hope. That your neighbors look at and go, what do they have? That people come to you and say, I don't know what it is, but I'm just drawn to you. And I have found that I am sorely lacking. And I need him. There is, I can't do it on my own. I can't. (laughs) It's quarter to 12. Do we have the music, the worship team here? I think I've preached what I need to preach. And I'd like just to have a little bit of worship, even if it's one song. But I don't know about you, but I'm going to ask you as we sing this worship song that you would forget about who sits beside you. You would forget about who's watching you. And I'd like to ask you, in worship, to come 100% to him and just say, I need you. And I believe as we do this, as we have this moment of worship, I'm just going to ask God just to float. Are you okay with that? Last week, um, I think I've got it on here. I got a text message yesterday. I'm desperate for God. Uh, I'm desperate for him. And I would suggest to you, every single one of you, has a need or has something that you could say, God, I need you to take care of this. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's peace of mind, whether it's making a decision, whether it's healing, whether it's a broken heart, none of those things matter to God. He's able. I just want to read this to you because... It encouraged me. Someone sent me a text message that said, Last Sunday, when you prayed at the end of the service, and, and if I remember when I prayed at the end of the service, I just asked God to pour out. And there was a, this amazing attitude of, and, and reverence of worship at that moment. It says, and this individual says, I stood up and I raised my hands as you said. He said I wasn't expecting anything to happen, to be honest. But when you prayed, I felt liquid love fall on me. And I started to cry, and my nose just started to run. That's what happens to me when I cry as well. My nose just seems to join my eyes. And I couldn't stand. Finally, I couldn't stand, and it was all I could do to keep crying, to, do, to keep the crying quiet. And then on Monday, I told someone what happened, and that emotion took me all over again. I'm desperate for God. And if you are desperate for God, I'd like you to join me just in worshiping him. And we might sing one song, I don't know, we'll, we'll see. We might stop at 12 o'clock, we might stop at 5 after, we might go a bit longer, but I want to encourage you. I have found, I have found that there's nothing I can do without Him. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I am desperate. And you might want to sit down. I would love to encourage you just to come forward just as an act of worship itself to get outside of your comfort zone and put your focus on the King. I'd like to invite every single one of you just to come forward. And let's just worship.